You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And today here, I have a very special guest by the name of Jacqueline. Hi, how are you? Hi, Kyra. Hi, well, thank you for joining me today. So on today's topic, I wanted to get into toxic relationships. Yes, we've all been there. I know I personally had a lot of experiences with dealing with toxic people in my life. And I've definitely tried to pay on to uh, the, the podcast is because I wanted her to be able to give better insight into some of her experiences with toxic relationships. Not only has she had her own personal experiences, but Ms. Jacqueline is also an ordained minister. So I wanted her to be able to give a little bit of a spiritual aspect to why sometimes we kind of fall into this thread of dealing with people that we can't seem to break free from. So Right now, I wanted to get into my first question for you, Jacqueline, which is, are people born with toxic characteristics? Well, that's a wonderful question. I think the first way I'd like to answer that is just to remind everyone that in one way or another, we are a product of our environment, whether it's our childhood, what we were exposed to, um, even all the way up into our current environment when we become adults of Mm -hmm who we hang around and um, what we're exposing ourselves to, you know, what movies we watch, what we're interested in, all of those things. And what I seem to find, especially in a lot of my ministerial counseling and, and spiritual counseling is the more abuse, the more toxicity, the more drama that we were raised with, the more comfortable we become with it. So in a way, it leads to this cyclical cycle where we put up with it. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it almost kind of finds us, right? Mm -hmm. Or we create it for Mm -hmm. some people because there's a lot of people who are raised in total chaos. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, if that's all you know, when life gets nice and boring or kind of smooth sailing, you all don't know what to do with that. So all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, creating situations um, and a drama for lack of a better word in order to kind of spice things up to get it back to the normal scene. Um, so yes, I mean, of course there are people just because it's learned behavior that they've learned to be toxic, whether it's, you know, a bad example of, how to be a friend, how to be a human, how to be in a relationship from, you know, your parents all the way down to whoever you were raised around, brothers and sisters. Um, You know, I've seen a lot where, especially in siblings, where there's multiple siblings, everyone had to vie for attention. Mm -hmm. So people got less and less empathetic and compassionate and more and more, look at me, look at me, look at me. Mm -hmm. And then it almost tends to go into this narcissistic Mm -hmm. spiral, which, of course, today's day and age, we have social media, Mm -hmm. which also leads to a bit of narcissism. You know, look at my picture, Mm -hmm. like what I'm posting, follow me. Um, All of those things, if we're not doing checks and balances, can lead to toxic behavior if we're not being checked properly. Absolutely. And I can definitely say in my experiences, I've had people that have come from toxic family upbringings. And even in our friendship, it was always about, like you said, me, 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 the sense of narcissism when they've had everybody in their lives to help them. Surely they've been in situations where they had no control over from childhood. 
you know, traumatic experiences. However, even in their adult life, they still had a tendency to make excuses for who, why they were the way that they were. And in that, they always try to almost invalidate my feelings when I would bring to their attention how their, you know, toxic behavior was ultimately affecting me. And I had to sit back and realize, hey, it's not it's not me in this situation that needs to change. Maybe it's really actually them. And, you know, if we can't sit down and have a conversation and you can't be open to me expressing my feelings towards you as a friend, then maybe this is something that I need to sever ties with and move on, you know. So also, I definitely agree. I, I mean, our friendships when we're young kind of start the formation of how our friendships are going to develop when we get older, right? Mm -hmm. So if when you're young and your home life is completely toxic and full of drama or abuse or chaos, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to bring that into your friendships. Mm -hmm. And when we're younger, it's, you know, you still have other people's parents kind of checks and balances, right? Teachers and you're looked after a little more. When you start getting older, especially in teenage years on up, that's when stuff kind of goes wild. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then of course we all get hormones involved Mm -hmm. in our teenage years. Um, (laughs) And, and like I said, I mean, I, I honestly do feel for our younger generations, you know, 25 and under because there aren't a ton of checks and balances anymore. Social Mm -hmm. media is life. And a lot of the relationships are acted out on a platform of multiple people seeing it, you know, commenting back and forth to each other or public scenes or everything being recorded. My next question that I have for you is what are some signs to look for in knowing that you're dealing with someone that is toxic? What are the char- some of the characteristics that you've experienced personally when it comes to dealing with toxic friendships or relationships? Well, I'm going to focus on friendships first because I think this is the kind of the first wave that we get before relationships start developing that if we can nip it in the bud with friendships, mm-hmm. we can almost protect ourselves more in relationships, you know, love interests, um, simply because with a friendship, it's easier to walk away, right? Mm-hmm. Like. There's, there's not as much wrapped up in that with feelings. Um, so a couple of the ones that I've seen over the years, definitely judgmental and controlling. Mm. Um, and judgmental, not so much in the way of, you know, they have something to say about everyone, but judgmental about you, mm-hmm. their direct friend. Mm-hmm. So if they always have something to nitpick you on and it's always criticism, but it's never constructive criticism, right? Mm-hmm. It's always nitpicking. It's always, you should do this. You should do that. Um, and in a way, almost making you bow down to them mm-hmm. and become whatever they want you to be mm-hmm. versus appreciating and respecting you for who you are and recognizing that and saying, hey, that's cool. Or, um, you know, hey, girl, it'd be really nice if you were something like a little more like this for instance, or bringing new ideas to the table versus you need to do this, you need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, controlling, definitely. Um, whether it's in friendships or relationship, that's just a bad omen right there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, of course, there's mutual respect between friendships, between relationships. There's certain boundaries that really should be on the table from the get-go, Absolutely. Right? Um, just to keep yourself safe in any situation. But when... 
friendships start becoming controlling and start inching over those boundaries to see how far they can get, just like a little kid, right? Mm -hmm. Little kids will start testing you around two, three years old. What can they get away with? Mm -hmm. Um, And these people, they know how to do this in a way. So they'll start testing you. What can they start pushing your buttons on to see, are you really going to back up if you say, please don't do that? Mm -hmm. Um, What are you going to do about it? And control is their insecurity coming Mm -hmm. out. They are insecure that you're either going to get a new friend, you're going to move on, you're going to be better than them, whatever it is. And so therefore they want to kind of keep you in this, in this little cocoon Mm -hmm. so that you're weak and you will again, bow down to their every whim. Um, Some other ones are, they're just not empathetic people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you were speaking to this and what you said earlier of that. It's all about them. Well, there's, there's narcissism, which is, it's all about the other person and there's no empathy Mm -hmm. and they differ a little bit. So someone can be all about themselves, but if you fall down and break your leg, they're going to respond and react to the fact, Oh my God, are you okay? Mm -hmm. That's a little bit of empathy. So they've almost kind of develop this coldness about themselves over the, over probably a span of time based on situations that have transpired in their lives. And and sometimes it's just the way they want to be, you know, whether it's, they think it's cool or whether it's just their mode of being, but someone who has no empathy whatsoever. I mean, besides being a potential serial killer, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I know. There's a lot of that on TV, but um, not in real life. Please, please. Right. But no empathy. Um, You know, I've been hearing about this for a while and then seeing it. And so no empathy would be if you fall down, Mm -hmm. instead of saying, are you okay? Or showing any concern for you whatsoever, they might laugh or they might turn it back on them. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, you just fell down to try and take the stage. And then they go right back into how they did it. Almost like a male abuser of, you know, when, when they would hit and then they'd tell the woman, Oh, look what you made me do. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I didn't force you to slap me, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, empathy definitely in, in a friendship that has to be there because how can I really relate to you? How can I really have a deeper connection with you on any level? Mm -hmm. If, I don't understand or feel you or have compassion for you in some way. And it has to be reciprocal, mm-hmm. right? Like both sides have to have that. Um, I tend to also see that when it comes to social media, and, and again, I bring this up because we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the <laughs> primary mode of how most of us are communicating and seeing each other. Mm-hmm. But even on social media, it's almost like this. No one wants to back down. Mm-hmm. No one wants to say, I'm sorry, or no one wants to um, just really be there as a person and reach out. There are people who will say it like, oh, uh, you know, I, I'm here for all of you. And then if you were to call them, they wouldn't answer the phone. Mm. That's not real empathy. Those are people faking it, mm-hmm. right? Um, to look like they're, but the people who really know them will be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Some tiny friends that yes. only want to be around when they, it's convenient for them. Or if it makes them look good. Mm-hmm. So narcissists are really, really great at this. They know how to appear, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like a normal empathetic person, mm-hmm. but there's no depth to it. Absolutely. 
So what about talks in regards to toxic relationships with people? What are the characteristics of a man or woman that is toxic in regards to a relationship? All right. So when it comes to love relationships, I mean, obviously the same things that apply to friendships are going to apply there. Mm. Let's take it a step deeper. So when it comes to love relationships, there has to be a true desire to really want to understand and get to know the other person, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If it's all about you make sure your makeup's on point so you make me look good. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. That That is not a, a good relationship, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. The second is, how do you feel around the person? And this goes into both friendships and love interests as well. If you're with the person and afterwards you feel drained mm-hmm. or you feel just like the bottom of a swamp about mm-hmm. yourself, Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, your self-esteem's low, your energy's low, or you feel angry or just, you don't even know what to do about yourself. That's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Friends, I truly believe friends should lift each other up. Absolutely. And that goes from the little of just verbally what we say to each other mm-hmm. to actions, right? Mm-hmm. Cause actions always speak louder than words. So mm-hmm. if I'm your friend and when we're in public together, I look like your bestie. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home and I'm at home in our separate homes, I'm never texting you. I'm never calling you unless I want or need something from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a reciprocal friendship. Mm-hmm. And that really is, is what you want, whether it's a love relationship or whether it's a friendship, you want to know that the other person has your back or has your emotional interest at heart the same way that you have theirs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I've dealt with a lot of uh, friendships where they would call me all the time for advice, but anytime I needed them, they were never around to be able to help me through my problems and they couldn't because they could barely even help themselves. So yeah, toxic situations is definitely dealing with people also that just want emotional support or emotional leverage to validate their feelings or whatever they're going through with no intent of actually changing their circumstances. A hundred percent agree with that. A hundred percent. And there are times, you know, just so that I'm, I'm doing the balancing act. There are times in friendships where someone's going through something real deep, real dark, right? And they're not able to be there as a friend, maybe in the way that you would need them at that moment because of their circumstances at the time. But any other time they're not in that situation, they would be there for you. And then sometimes it flippy flops. Sometimes you're in a situation where you're not able to be available or be there emotionally invested as a friend for whatever reason. And they're there for you. Now that again is the pendulum swinging both ways. It's a reciprocal situation you guys are giving equally, maybe at different times. I'm talking about completely one-sided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you were saying where they want, give me, give me, give me, but there's nothing back whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that brings me into my next question, which is, does verbal abuse usually lead to physical abuse? If so what are some ways to break free from that type of relationship? Definitely. So for me, verbal abuse is a lasting indicator of trouble down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's face it, we all swear, we all cuss at, at some point or another. Um, and especially in 
society, it's almost funny, mm-hmm. right? To, for instance, you call your friend, hey, bitch, what's up? Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really mean that you're a bitch, yeah. right? Like, I'm. I, it's just kind of funny. Like, we say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not thinking about why am I even calling you a bitch? Yeah. You know, like... Why do I even need to bring that word into it? Why can't I say, hey, lady? Hey, girl. Or something uplifting. Or, your or you know, hey, divine feminine essence, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go real deep with it. Yeah. So um, when, when I start seeing couples and when they speak to each other, there's a lot of degrading one another. Mm-hmm. That's usually a sign that there's trouble in the water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could be just because maybe that's the element they were raised around. They think it's funny. They think it's fun. Um, but then what happens when no one's watching, right? Mm-hmm. Like what happens when they're not out mm-hmm. and they're not around friends and they're still talking to each other? Would you want to be in a relationship with someone where you have children together mm-hmm. and your children are watching mom and dad constantly call each other asshole and every other name in, in the book. I mean, I wouldn't Me because neither. then your kids are going to see that. And they're going to emulate that and mm-hmm. think it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then the cycle repeats. So, I mean, is it directly abuse at the time? I mean, obviously that depends on the circumstances, but typically abusive situations start with that pattern. So it typically starts with light abuse Mm-hmm. It starts with bringing down the self-esteem of the person who's being abused. Mm-hmm. And then it starts with control. So keeping that person away from other people. And as this person's self-esteem gets worse and worse because this person is verbally attacking them, making them feel you know, horrible, they're losing all confidence, the people in that person's life who love them are going to see, well, you keep going back to this person who treats you like garbage. Mm -hmm. And then they start going by the wayside because they don't want to see someone they love be treated like that and keep going back to it. Mm -hmm. And then they get isolated. Mm -hmm. And usually that is when the physical abuse starts. So very, very important, you know, keep, keep your friendships, keep your confidants, Remind your friends, if you're in a situation where you're feeling like it's edging on that, or your friends maybe have even told you like, hey, it's really hard for me to hear that you keep going back to this person, you know, after how badly they treat you, tell them, I know it's hard. I just need someone to talk to. Um, And keep those friendship lines open so that if the worst happens and there is, you know, a physical abuse incident you have someone to talk to and somewhere to go to set you straight. Mm-hmm. So how have your experience with toxic relationships or people helped you to have healthy relationships with people and shaped your perception on what is a healthy way of living in a healthy friendship or relationship with someone? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it was just identifying who was toxic and how was I toxic and adding to the situation. And this I think is a big part missing that a Mm -hmm. lot of people forget to do, right? We love to say, Oh, they're drama. Oh, they're toxic. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're this. Mm -hmm. But how often do we really look deep inside in the mirror and say, what am I doing to either allow this Mm -hmm. enable this Mm -hmm. 
or near this. Yes, ma'am. And that's huge. So Mm -hmm. for me, obviously, I mean, over years of just soul searching and trying to figure out, like, why were these people just consistently finding me Mm -hmm. (laughs) over and over and over again? You know, I I became self-aware of the fact of, okay, number one, I am an empath, right? Mm -hmm. So people are going to look to me for empathy because I've got a ton to give. Mm -hmm. Well, that can also lead attention-starved or narcissist tendency people to come forward because I'm a wishing well, as you well, (laughs) as you may, (laughs) of, of attention for them. The second is really understanding myself, how I was mirroring these behaviors, because let's all face it, right? Like you're bullied in school, you're bullied, bullied, bullied. And if, and and you take it and you're quiet and you try and do the right thing. You try not to hit back. You try not to say anything back, you know, I'm rubber, you're glue type of thing. And then eventually you just snap, right? Mm -hmm. Like after the 19th time of being called, whatever you turn around and you literally mirror that bullish behavior. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're calling the bully or you hit the bully back. Well, that's mirroring. And the same thing happens in friendships too. All of a sudden you turn around and you're mirroring these bad behaviors. You are almost thinking in your head, well, if so-and-so only calls me when they want something, then I'm only going to call them when I want something. Mm -hmm. So then you start mirroring the bad behavior. Well, unfortunately what happens is if that relationship keeps going over time, over and over and over again, then you get to this point where you're acting that way to everyone now in your life, not just that person. Mm -hmm. And so you want to nip all that quickly before it becomes your new personality. The, you know, the other thing is enabling. And this is a word that it gets thrown around a lot, but it is a perfect word when you're really trying to think about, are you enabling people in your life to treat you a certain kind of way? So Dr. Phil used to use this euphemism called, how's that working for you? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm compassionate. I have a big heart. So do you. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are going to take advantage of that. There are people who are just going to appreciate and love that and want to be friends with that and, you know, give back as well when Mm -hmm. they can. And then there are people who are starved for it Mm -hmm. and both ends of those pendulum can turn toxic. So -hmm. the people who just want that and want to eat it up, if we recognize that, that they're not giving anything back, if we recognize the fact that, wow, you only come to me when you want to dump all your problems and you feel great and walk away and go home. And I feel like I need a nap for two weeks after (laughs) you left, you know, and it happens every single time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Boundaries need to be set. Mm -hmm. If you also feel like every time you're around a specific person, they just are following you around like a lost puppy and they're just, you know, soaking up every little bit of attention you could possibly give and you feel absolutely drained. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You got to start setting some boundaries and a care caring way to do that is to start lifting the person up, mm-hmm. right? Who's very attention starved, mm-hmm. start helping them rebuild their confidence Um, Now, for the other person who's just an emotional energy vampire, Mm -hmm. um, those are the ones you want to create boundaries with. And you can have the discussion. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm all for laying it out on the table. Tell the person, have a conversation, let them know how you feel. And if they don't want to come to the table and say, I acknowledge it, I'll try better, or I'm so sorry, 
if they just want to say the famous line you said before that you mm-hmm. heard, which mm-hmm. is, that's just me, get over it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of a stopping block, don't you think? Absolutely. And that's where we hit that block button. Yes. <laughs> that's where we block say, button. Bye-bye. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had to do a lot of that in my life where, you know, if we're not able to come to an agreement of how we're going to move forward in a relationship and have a healthy friendship where it's an equal balance between hey, if I'm doing something and I want you to be included or want you to come along, you're going to go without thinking, oh, well, the last time I asked you to go and you didn't want to go. So away with you, you know, it's 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 having a relationship where we both can uplift each other. And that's a big thing in friendships that I've had to realize over the years is a lot of people look at me as a person and see on the outside, she's such a strong person. You know, she would never allow someone to do that to her. She would never allow someone to talk down to her or anything like that. When really sometimes we get in situations with people where we're becoming almost a different person. We're becoming someone we don't even recognize, where we're Absolutely. allowing things to happen that just really don't make any sense of why we're allowing it to happen. And so for me, over the years, I've had to create boundaries with people and say, you're not going to be an energy vampire and just bleed me dry with your negativity. And you're not just going to call me when you feel like it's convenient for you. And you're not going to talk down to me. And if you do... I'm going to hit that block button because sometimes you can't have a discussion with people. There are certain people where there's no rhyme and there's no reason for, you know, coming to agreement of, you know, their behaviors or their bad behaviors. Sometimes it's just distancing yourself as a whole, you know, and that's a common thing that I feel like a lot of people need to just get comfortable with is that sometimes you can't talk to people. They're not worth your time. So, you know, Even when it comes to family, I've had to realize there are certain family members where I've had to distance myself away from. And they use a common excuse, well, we're family, so I can do you wrong. You have family that may be stealing from you or talking down to you or disrespecting you. And it's like, well, no, just because you're my family member doesn't give you that right to doubt me. You're someone that's supposed to lift me up and give me guidance and the confidence that I may not see in myself. We're supposed to be a unity. And I know we've had discussions about how you can create your own family with people. Your friends can be your family members. A hundred percent. And I've had random people that I didn't even know be treat me sometimes even better than certain family members in my life. And I've had to cut people off. So it's realizing that, you know, family, friends, relationships, you don't have to subject yourself to the nonsense that you can find your voice in every situation that just happens to everybody. Why is it that people are uh, they are faced with toxic situations when it comes to dealing with family members? Yeah. Um, I love the direction this is going. Right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. <laughs> so for me, I believe that before we even come into our lives here but this time around, right, our bodies, um, before we're even born, There are a series of things that we have made, whether it be contracts or agreements or all of the above, to go through, to be put through, to participate in, um, in order for our soul to grow, Mm. right? Now, if you don't believe in reincarnation, this is going to sound a little wonky and weird to you, Mm -hmm. but that's a whole other discussion. I'm sure we'll get into it some other point. (laughs) Absolutely. But believing in reincarnation, believing that this isn't just our first and only stop, that every time 
we reincarnate. We're here to learn something else. And sometimes it's, you know, the soul needs to come through and needs to be the aggressor, Mm -hmm. right? They're just an aggressive, nasty person. And that's kind of their life work to see what even is that like and Mm -hmm. about. And then because maybe before in previous lives, they've always been the victim. Mm. And then they finally needed to understand what the other side felt like. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, that gets into a huge, wonderful, you know, beautiful. And when you think of it that way, it's really easy to have compassion Mm -hmm. because you don't know what another person is going through. Mm -hmm. Right. And unfortunately when you're an empath, because our compassion is so vast and because we feel so deeply there are times when that compassion can demolish our boundaries mm-hmm. because we care mm-hmm. and because we might understand or feel what this other person is going through on such a deep level that we will excuse behavior. And mm-hmm. I know I've been guilty of that for years. I've excused so many people's behaviors because of what they're going through, how mm-hmm. they were raised, mm-hmm. you know, um, current situations, mental illness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there also gets to be a point of discernment where I'm not judging them. I'm literally just saying, hey, the way you're living your life or your moral code doesn't meet mine. And I'm not able to have you as an active participant in my life because you are bringing me down or you're stopping me from the work I need to do or you're putting me in danger. You know, if someone's committing crimes, if someone's doing drugs or alcohol around you, whether you have a problem with that or not, but it makes you uncomfortable or it could potentially get you hooked on something, Mm -hmm. right? Or they're just doing behavior, whether it be, you know, they're adrenaline junkies or if it's, you know... Criminal behavior obviously is like a hard no, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be around that because why would you want to go to jail for someone else's whoop-de-woo? Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, even even further than that, of sometimes promiscuity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like let's say you're just not wound like that and you're with a whole bunch of women who, not judging, but that's what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And every time you go out with them, I mean, you're always like two or three girls down at the end of the night because you don't know who went <laughs> where with who. I mean, and, and that's okay, right? Like they're doing do what you. they want to do. Yeah. But like for me, I know within my groups of girlfriends over the years, you know, we always had a code, no woman left behind. Mm. And it wasn't, we were controlling. It was If you want to leave with someone, that's fine. But let one of us know where you're going and who you're with so we can look out for you. Mm -hmm. So God forbid if you call us in the middle of the night and say, I need to get picked up immediately, someone knows where you're at. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not to put you on blast. It's not to judge. It's to keep each other safe. Because let's face it, right? Like, we're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're drinking or, you know, you're using marijuana or any other substance which alters your mind. And, you know, they're... There are horrible people in the world. There are great people in the world. There's everything in between. Mm-hmm. So let's just be smart and take care of each other. And that really goes back to lifting each other up. I mean, especially as women mm-hmm. right now, I think it's so important. Speak nicely to each other. Mm-hmm. Tell other women that they look great. It doesn't, you know, that's not weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have I gone into a store and seen a girl with beautiful makeup or great hair or fantastic dress and mm-hmm. I just girl, you look awesome, Mm -hmm. you know? And I I mean, I'm just going to keep walking away. Like, I'm not going to sit here and stare and try and be your best friend. Yeah. (laughs) But 
how nice was that? I mean, mm-hmm. I know I've had people come up to me and say nice things randomly and just walk away. and like, that's a refreshing, awesome feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's, I really wish I'd see more of that in the world right now. And even for men, I mean, men need it too. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of females, we don't understand what it's like to be a man. You know, we, we, we look at them, we think they're strong and they don't have to deal with a lot of what they do and they don't, but they have a whole other ball of bananas they have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of men, I mean, even if they had a guy friend that they could just talk to about certain things, whether it be the way they feel about things or emotions or relationships or, you know, certain things that guys go through that honestly, as a woman, like we're never going to understand completely. We mm-hmm. don't understand what society's put on them just the same way they don't understand us. Mm-hmm. So having friendships is important and having friendships that are actual true friendships mm-hmm. is more important. I mean, if you can count on your hand, mm-hmm. on your five fingers, mm-hmm. if you can count on one hand, one finger of a true friend, mm-hmm. you're blessed. Mm-hmm. Any more than that, it is beyond like rain down the blessings. And I mean, true friendship. Like you could call at three o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. say, I'm stuck 40 miles away. I don't really know where I am, but I need you to come pick me up and mm-hmm. no questions asked. They're going to come. Or someone who, if you said, I have no food to eat and I'm in a bad way and I just need a shoulder to cry on, they're going to make you a meal and let you cry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone who's really going to be there for you. And likewise, that you would be there for as well. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they have to have all the answers. It just needs, they can be a shoulder to cry on. They can offer you. It was something I heard a long time ago. People will love you the best way they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And that hit hard, right? Because yeah. if you really think about it, not everyone's capable of the same love that you are sure. or that I am. Sure. Not everyone's super... Um, you know, into showing their emotions that mm-hmm. makes them feel weird, but they'll do a lot of things for you. That's mm-hmm. their way of showing love, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I definitely know I show my love through doing things and through, um, through feeding people. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's like a big old hug to your belly for me. <laughs> <laughs> so great enough gift for me as well. Right. I take it. <laughs> and because that's a way of me showing love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, do try really hard to say it and to hug and, and to emote it. But I know that sometimes I'm, I'm reserved. I know that sometimes it doesn't always come through. So I, I work really hard and sometimes we have to look at other people and say, okay, I might not be getting what I want, mm-hmm. what I think I want from this, but are you showing care or love for me in any other way? Mm-hmm. There's a great book. It's called the five love languages. And I read it years ago, not only for actual relationships, but also for friendships too. And it really revolutionized the way that I look at relationships and people. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I can see now, because it talks about there's there's five different ways that we show and need love. Mm-hmm. And if one person's talking in one language and you're talking in another, you guys aren't, it's like speaking Greek and you know, in Arabic, mm-hmm. no one's understanding each other. You're mm-hmm. just yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can understand and start speaking the same language, then all of a sudden everything gets better. Now, again, if you're able to speak their language, but they don't want to speak yours, mm-hmm. hard stop. Mm-hmm. That's toxic. Yeah, definitely. Very true. Well, do you feel like, okay, because I know you brought up the fact that 
for men, it's a little hard for them to be open about their feelings. Do you feel like that can be another reason why some women get with men who are abusive because they're not able to express themselves maybe in their everyday life with their friends or maybe in the relationship? And that if they were to express their feelings, you know, emotionally, then that kind of makes it seem like they're not as masculine because men have such a hard exterior. Sometimes we don't always realize that the, the interior is a little soft. It's like a Pop-Tart. A little hard <laughs> on the outside, a little soft on the inside, a little gooey, a little mushy. I love you that know? analogy. <laughs> That's so, fantastic. So do you feel like being such a hard exterior can lead ultimately to someone expressing themselves in more in a volatile way? I think it depends on the man. Mm-hmm. Um, I know lots of men who are, I mean... God, some of them even in my family. Talk about tough, just Mm -hmm. tough men. Mm -hmm. You know, military service, you know, big, bad, wouldn't want to meet them in an alley Mm -hmm. after (laughs) after sunset, right? But they would never touch a woman Mm -hmm. out of anger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that for me, like in a a love relationship, I really have two hard boundaries Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And I I vocalize them. Mm -hmm. Never cheat on me Mm -hmm. and never touch me out of anger. Now I say touch. I don't say hit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because touching out of anger could be pushing, shoving, you know, slapping, all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. other than a hit. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I all encompass it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I know, like I said, I know tons of men who are very tough exterior, don't talk about emotions, mm-hmm. but would absolutely never touch a woman mm-hmm. out of anger. Um, I think men who do, whether it's they've seen it in their own lives when they were young, they mm-hmm. think it's okay, whether it was talked about or whether it's societal pressures, you know, like whether they have friends who are doing it or they're trying to be, you know, gangster tough or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not okay. And I think more of that needs to be normalized. I think if other men, strong men were to stand up and say, you don't touch a woman. Mm-hmm. I think more of these guys with, um, Self-esteem issues, Mm -hmm. I'll put it, Mm -hmm. would not pass go. Um, I also think men really need other men to look up to Mm -hmm. and to talk to. I think it's it's really important. And and it's not necessarily always the dad, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, you can have a a father in the household, but maybe he's nothing to look up to or maybe he's just not emotionally present. But having uncles, cousins, Mm -hmm. brothers, friends, your friends' older brothers, Mm -hmm. right? Like different older men to kind of help you along during those growing phases help. I mean, it's kind of funny. Hillary Clinton said a long time ago, it takes a village to raise a a child. It is. And it does. (laughs) It's not just two parents and that's it. It really is. I mean, I have 67 nieces, nephews, and godchildren. Oh, Lord. I have a ton. <laughs> Lord, mother yes. of all mothers. And I'm an only child. So. <laughs> there you go. Right? But that being said, I mean, I've seen a lot of these kids, you know, grow up for, for years and seeing the way that they've grown up. And some of them, I've, that grew up without dads in the home. They had uncles. They had mm-hmm. friends. They had other men around who came in, maybe not every day, mm-hmm. but when they did come in, they picked up the slack. Mm-hmm. And that was so helpful and grateful. I had other ones who had the quintessential perfect life. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad were together their whole life. No problems, no abuse. Everything was just hunky-dory. But dad was never emotionally present. Dad never had those conversations. Mm-hmm. And so they had 
no other strong males around to kind of lead them on the way. Mm-hmm. And then they became these rage monsters mm-hmm. later in life because, you know, like you were saying, they just, they, they don't know, know how to emote. Mm-hmm. But ladies and other men who are in relationship with violent men. Or please. women. <laughs> yep. Or <laughs> women too. Ways. It, it does happen. Absolutely. Um, the one thing I can implore is don't make excuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're touching you out of anger, that is not a an oopsie dips. I mean, I can understand maybe if they fell down or by accident they were drunk and it happened once. All right, maybe you guys talked about it and, and there are some hard boundaries. But if it's happening and there's abusive tendencies happening, don't make excuses for it. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. That's a... That's a behavior that isn't necessarily going to go away overnight because you cried. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, on that note, I want to thank you, Miss Jacqueline, for joining me today. Thank you, Miss Kyra. Absolutely. And I am your host, Kyra. Um, thank you for joining Vibe Selection. And see you guys next time. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.